When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. It is all over, folks. The Premier League season is behind us. Uh, We're going to take a look this show at how it ended up. Let's take a look at the Final Four. Let's take a look at the Europa League. Let's take a look at the Europa, whatever that thing is called, the new abomination of a tournament they have. Uh, Let's talk about it. Let's do a little look back at the season. And, of course, we will be talking about the results from the Europa League final, Man United, Villarreal. We don't want to, uh, I'm not going to get into it here in the opening, uh, but we are going to get into that in detail. And we'll start to talk a little bit about the Champions League final coming up this weekend. But don't worry, I know you're saying, Nick, that's all great. And Champions League final is exciting. But, but, but the Euros are coming up and you are so right. The squads are being announced. The Euros are coming up just a couple of weeks away. I personally cannot wait. Let's start to dive into it in some detail. We've tickled a little bit here and there over different parts of the shows uh, in the weeks gone by. Obviously, the Premier League has kind of eclipsed everything. But now that is done, let's talk Euros. Let's also take a look at the transfer market. Big, big signing for Liverpool Football Club, as I'm sure they have learnt if you put your hand on the stove and get burnt, you don't want to do it again. All right, I'd like to welcome all of our men and women in uniform to the show. You're listening on the American Forces Network, and if you're listening on uh, the Sports Byline Broadcast Network or Sirius XM or one of our digital platforms, whether that's iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app, I welcome you to the show. Just a reminder, if you miss any part of the show, don't worry. You can catch it as soon as it's over on our podcast network. That is at the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. Um, It's a great place to go. And by the way, loads of great soccer content that is there right now and more coming, including a really cool show called Cracked with Demarcus Beasley. You want to check that one out. All right, World Soccer Radio, Nick Gieber. Find me on Twitter at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook facebook.com forward slash world soccer radio i'm going to step aside take a break gather my thoughts we'll be right back to kick it all off why don't we start with our look back at the premier league all right be right back after this Uh, welcome back 
World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also Sirius XM. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific. Then again, midnight Pacific on Sports Overnight America. Uh, it's great to have you with me. There's so much sports going on right now. I mean, we have the Champions League final coming up this weekend. Of course, the, uh, the uh, Euros are about to kick off in just a couple of weeks. Uh, possibly the Olympic Games. All sorts of discussion about whether they're going to be cancelled or not by the Japanese government. They have a very small percentage of their population has been vaccinated and they're having some huge public health issues with coronavirus there in Japan. So possibility that won't go. We can talk about that in a bit. But in the meantime, there's hockey playoffs, basketball, baseball, Euros coming up, Champions League final, golf going on. And if you like to place a bet or two, have you like to have a small wager, as I do? And by the way, we're still going to jam through my picks for the last day. Didn't do quite as well as I did midweek, where I was 9 out of 10, I might add. But you have to head over to my friends at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. They have everything that you may want to bet on. All the sports, all the different bets. They got money lines. They got prop bets. You could even bet on reality television shows and politics if you want. It's all right there for you at betonline.ag. It's safe, secure, reliable. I've been using them for a long time. Never had any issues. You will absolutely love them. Head over to betonline.ag right now and they will give you a 50% bonus on your first deposit. That's right, you heard me, a 50% bonus on your very first deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so how did I do over the weekend with my Premier League picks? As the Premier League is now done and dusted, and it was an interesting um, season for for many reasons. I'm going to give you some of my observations, but let's run down my picks. Aston Villa, Chelsea. Well, I told you that Chelsea were going to win because it was at Villa Park, and guess what? They lost. So if you'd bet Villa a plus 570, you were happy, but that was a no-go for me on that one. Newcastle, Fulham, I had that as a draw. In point of fact, Newcastle won. And at plus 247, interestingly enough, they they were the long shot going to play a relegated team. But they did win. Big points there for Steve Bruce to kind of make, maybe put a little faux shine on the Newcastle season. I said Leeds, um, I said uh, Leeds, uh, let's see, Leicester, uh, Tottenham. Uh, I said that Leicester were going to win. In point of fact, they had a devastating loss as Tottenham, the underdogs, uh, plus 231. Again, I'm going to tell you right here, um, if you had bet these three matches the other way, you would have made a lot of money. Villa were plus 570, Newcastle were plus 247, and Tottenham were plus 230. That is a ridiculous set of odds. Arsenal-Brighton, I said Arsenal were going to uh, Arsenal were gonna win, and in point of fact, uh, there wasn't much of a surprise. They did, in fact, win, so that was run. Leeds West Brom, I said Leeds were going to win, and I said take the over, and guess what? You would have done well on that. The over was minus 125, and Leeds United won, so I got that one right. Sheffield United, Burnley, I said take the draw, 
Actually, Sheffield United got three points right at the end. A crappy season for them, which is sad because I really enjoyed the Blades last season. This season, they went to an absolute meltdown. They did actually get the points. Again, another long shot at plus 186. West Ham, Southampton. I said take the Hammers. I'll talk a little bit about them today. Uh, and they did, in fact, win at minus 135. Uh, Liverpool, Crystal Palace. I said you have to take Liverpool. And they did, in fact, win. Man City, Everton. Well, I said take Man City. <laughs> Boy, did you take Man City. They beat Everton five goals to nil. You know, the Everton season went a little bit like the Leicester season. Leicester, Leicester obviously having a lot more success than Everton did this season. But they, they just sort of crapped out at the end. Uh, anyway, Man City beating them five goals to nil. The over was plus 101, so some good results there. And Wolves, Man United, I said take the draw. Actually, Man United won, and um, that was uh, Nuno's uh, Espirito Santo's last game in charge. Kind of sadness. So all in all, I didn't do that well. I got, uh, let's see, one. Uh, I got two. I got three. I got four. I got five. So I was 50% on the weekend last day of the Premier League. Not nearly as good as the 90% I had midweek. But, you know, hey, listen. Uh, when you get late into the season, when you get to these final games, it's always a bit of a crapshoot. I mean, who would have pegged Leicester City on an absolute must-win game losing to Spurs? A team managerless with their star player expressing a desire to go elsewhere in the offseason. Uh, weirder things have happened. And so as we look at the final table, City won the, the, the title, obviously. United came in a very comfortable uh, second place. But as a result of the last, days, the last match day's results, Liverpool actually snuck into third position um, in the table by two points. So I'm not sure that's sneaking, right? I mean, Chelsea's loss to Villa was astounding. Now, clearly, Chelsea had that eye on the Champions League final. But, you know, they nearly didn't make it back into the Champions League. Leicester City went 2-0 up on Tottenham, and then Tottenham came back to win it. And at that time, Leicester City were in fourth spot and Chelsea were out looking in. And that would have put enormous pressure on them really having to win the Champions League final to guarantee themselves a return to the Champions League for next season. So it was a very odd last day. And that's why we love the last days. Uh, so Leicester City go to the FA Cup, uh, pardon me, go to the UEFA Cup. Europa League, uh, West Ham United go to the Europa League, and Tottenham Hotspur go to something called the Europa Confederations League. Is that what it is? I mean, this is their new sort of B-level tournament. It's called the uh, yeah Europa. What the heck? Does anyone remember? What, uh, guys, maybe someone can help me. Confederation, Conference League. Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Took more than a second for you to get it to me, but I appreciate it. The Europa Conference League, which is like a second-rate tournament for the second-rate tournament. And I mean no disrespect, by the way, just to be clear. 
The Europa League is a very, very difficult tournament to win, and winning it is important. Very important. And, of course, in the next segment, we're going to talk about the Villarreal-Man United Europa League final of today. But Tottenham, I mean, do they really care about making the Europa Conference League? The UEFA Conference League. Excuse me. It's not called the Europa. It's called the UEFA Europa Conference League. (laughs) 32 teams in the group stages, right? Is that how it works? Something like that. 72 teams will go through the first qualifying round. I mean, there's just a, uh, 32 teams will end up in the, in, the, in the group stage. I mean, it is just another tournament. And look, so a part of me says it's fine. You've got a lot of these smaller countries that have, have been sort of outside of the big European competitions or a European con- uh, competition. And we're talking about countries, you know, really small ones, folks. I mean, you're talking about like Liechtenstein and um, and uh, and some of these other um, much smaller teams in the UEFA country coefficient. So it, it, it gives them an opportunity to play. That's fine. I mean, I, I don't really care. I'm not really going to watch it. Oh, by the way, I have to go to break. Look at this. Where does time fly? You're listening to World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber, Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, Facebook.com, forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'll be right back after this. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. More specifically, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, also Sirius XM. We're presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Well, the seasons are over, so let's get down to it. We spoke a little bit about the Premier League, but you know, if we look at the Premier League and the Manchester City win, which was emphatic, let's let's agree. It wasn't quite as emphatic, by the way, as Liverpool's win last year was, but it was pretty uh, emphatic. Uh, yeah, they took their foot off the gas a little bit as they got towards the latter part of the season's losses to Brighton, uh, losses to Chelsea. Uh, you know, they lost six matches on the season. Um but they had an outstanding season. I mean, look, it wasn't a 99-point season um, for City. It wasn't a 100-point season for City. It was a good, solid Premier League winning season for City that saw them uh, claim the top spot in the league uh, right at the end of January and basically not give an inch from that point onwards. And, and that is a testament to the depth of the squad, uh, Pep Guardiola's management ability, and uh, ownership and their investment in the club and their, you know, support of the club. So, I mean, all of that's great. We, we, we talk about this. What Manchester City really want isn't another Premier League, although that's great. Of course, they want the Premier League. What they really, really want isn't another League Cup win. 
What they really want is what's happening over the weekend, which is a Champions League final against Chelsea, who have already won a Champions League final. So City wants something Chelsea have had, United have had, Liverpool have had, but they have never had. And that is the Champions League. So they are on. Man United finishing second, but getting to the Europa League final and losing in penalties to Villarreal. We're going to talk about that. Liverpool coming back with an incredible turnaround, really. Uh, there's no other way to put it, I, I, I think. But basically, um, going the last nine games unbeaten. And in that unbeaten streak... I want to say they only had two draws. So seven wins and two draws in the last nine games. So out of 27 points, they had 23 out of 27 points, which is, you know, I think if you look at the form table, it puts them at the t absolute top of the form table. By the way, I, I want to say I think Arsenal's form at the end of the season really picked up, although they did lose that match um, against uh, Everton, if I'm not mistaken, back in April. But they won their last four in a row. But Liverpool form at the end of the season was the absolute best. Leicester City's form at the end of the season was the problem for Brendan Rodgers, starting with that loss to Manchester City. And really, it went downhill from then. They lost against City. They lost against West Ham. <clears throat> they lost against, uh, they beat West Brom. They beat Crystal Palace, then they drew Southampton. They beat United, but then they lost against Newcastle. They lost against Chelsea. And the final game of the season, they lost against Spurs. And it was that late form dip that saw them drop out of the Champions League spots by one point. And as I have been saying on this show all along... Leicester City need to invest in a deeper squad. This isn't a Brendan Rodgers issue. This isn't a particular issue with any player at all at Leicester City. They're a fabulous club. Brendan Rodgers has really shown himself to be a very skilled and, quali and quality manager. And ownership are very supportive of the team, and there's a good symbiotic relationship between players, managers, owners, and fans. So the, the four groups there have really gelled. But now is the time that the one side of the equation, ownership, have to dig deep, and they have to sign some players along the, those lines. I mean, otherwise they're going to have problems again next season with being able to keep the pace up over 38 games. Along those lines, there is rumors about two players Leicester City are over after, and I think these would be terrific, terrific si uh, signings. One is uh, Bubakari uh, Sumar from Lille, who are the French champions. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, and they're talking about an 18, minute, 18 million uh, pound deal. It's about $22 million for him. That would be a great addition. And the other one, of course, is Ozan Kabak, who was signed as defensive cover from Liverpool. He's a 21-year-old Turkish centre-back. He's a, a national team player. He's a very, very, very good player. 
if Liverpool were unable to sign Ibrahima Kanate from Leipzig, then they were going to make his deal permanent. In the eyes of the Liverpool scouts, Konate is better than Kabak. Kabak did come on, he did play, he, he did sort of show some signs of the quality that he has. But I think after what happened to Liverpool this season with the horrendous in injuries, whether it was to Joel Matip, whether it was to Virgil van Dijk or Joe Gomez, I mean, the B Liverpool's spine was absolutely murdered this year by injuries, and that's why they didn't really put up any sort of title defense worth, worthy of discussion. And it's to be expected, really. I mean, um, it, it really is to be expected. <clears throat> On the other hand, let's get back to it. We were talking about Leicester City and what a fabulous and wonderful season. By the way, I have to say, really have enjoyed... It's a, it was a weird season, obviously, because it was delayed. And then when it did arrive with Operation Restart, it came hot and heavy, and the matches were fast and furious. As a fan of the game, I absolutely loved that. As a player, I absolutely wouldn't love that. So <laughs> next season will be interesting because, you know, you, we're going to be starting in August. And remember, the, <laughs> the Euros are over in July. So May, th three weeks before this, the Euros, uh, really two weeks with the Champions League final this weekend, then we get two weeks break, or 11 days actually, then we have the Euros, then we're going to have about a four-week break between the end of the Euros and the start of the Premier League season. A three-week break for the players or a two-week break for the players because they're going to have to show up for camp. So it is still going to be fast and furious. The matches will come at a more regular pace. Paste. Did I say paste? I meant pace, obviously. But it is fabulous in that it, it, it is all, all happening. Let's run down some other transfer news. Uh, we talked about Ibrahima Kanati from Leipzig. That is a done deal. My understanding is it's close to $40 million for Kanati. And that's a big number. And further indication that Fenway Sports Group supports the club, supports the manager. And, you know, we, I, I talked earlier on about, you know, when you burn your hand on the stove, you don't put it on the hot stove twice. I think Liverpool recognize they have a wealth of attacking talent on that team. Between Salah and Firmino and Jota and Mane, uh, you know, they've got an awful lot there that's worth talking about. And, of course... The, the two uh, outside backs are just as much basically attacking wingers as I've ever seen. Wing backs, I think, in every description you could think of. So they've got a, uh, they've got a wealth of attacking talent, but when that centre-back pairing fails due to injury, you saw what happened, and it was no more evident than the, the nightmare they had this season, losing, what, six games in a row, six games at home. Terrible stuff. They're not going to do it again. That's why first play they went out, Konate, great signing. Again, Joe Gomez, Virgil van Dijk, Konate, finally three
good centre-backs. The other signing that Liverpool are hoping to get is Rodrigo de Paul, who is an Udinese, who's a 27-year-old Argentine midfielder. Now, this is being reported by the Express. Um, it's said that AC Milan are no longer interested in coming after him or trying to get him on a long-term deal uh, or, or signing him from Udinese. But, you know, 27 years old is a little bit beyond the number that Fenway Sports Group usually like to pay for. So they must be getting him on the cheap if they're getting him, but we'll see what happened. Uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi. Chelsea and Borussia Dortmund, they are talking about possible deals for Tammy Abraham and Hudson Adoy. Be interesting to see what happens uh, there. Um, because I know West Ham were desperate to sign Tammy Abraham, but Chelsea are asking £40 million for him, and that is too much for West Ham United. And what a season West Ham United have had. Really an impressive season. Finishing a good, solid sixth place in Europa League spot right underneath Leicester City. Uh, you know, one point underneath Leicester City. And if you think about what was incredible about West Ham United is the fact they defensively were so good. They scored 62 goals on the season, which is a really good number for them. And I think, again, you're seeing... David Moyes morph West Ham into the Everton of eight years ago where they are going to be a good, solid, rock-steady top six team year in and year out. They're going to be competing. The question more lies for West Ham, for Tottenham Hotspur in terms of what's going to happen with Tottenham. Uh, we just don't know. All right, I'm going to go to break. I'll be right back after this. This is World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio presented by BetOnline.ag. Coming to you on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and also Sirius XM, as well as our digital platforms, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app. We're broadcasting to our men and women in uniform around the world on the American Forces Network. And if you miss any part of the show, head right over to our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network, where you can subscribe to this podcast and you can get it every time we drop a new show, which is right after you hear it on the radio. Podcast is available. It'll download to your device. You can listen to it on the loo. You can listen to it on the plane. You can listen to it wherever you want to listen to it. You can hear my dulcet tones and my opinions coming your way so if you if you want to throw me out the window because you don't like what i say just don't do it while you're in a plane all right <laughs> okay all right well you know lots to get to we've been talking about the transfer market and the, the premier league season and uh, sort of what what an entertaining season it was the liverpool fan it was a heartbreaking season i must tell you but the uh, the interesting fate and, you know, we talk about the cream always rises to the top. You've heard that. You've heard that. Well, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester, West Ham, Tottenham, and Arsenal 
those are your top eight teams. Those are your big teams in the Premier League. Now, I know Everton was in 10th spot. Tied on points with Leeds United. With a, a manager, with uh, Bielsa was, is the manager of Leeds United. What a terrific, terrific job he did. So I think the top eight, nine teams, ten, the top ten are exactly who you would expect to be in the top ten. At the end of the day, the top ten has shaken out exactly how you would think the top 10 would shaken out with the surprise being Leeds United in ninth spot but then if you look down the list you can think well you know who was sort of you know, who would you expect to be in that top 10 if not Leeds United well there is one name that I can give you and that is Wolverhampton Wanderers who had a terrible season uh, of underperformance this season in a big, big way. The other top 10 teams from last season that didn't make it, Sheffield United, who got relegated, and Burnley. I mean, last season, West Ham were in six, finished in 16th place in the Premier League. What an improvement, investment, and time makes with that club. Sheffield United obviously had a terrible season, and it was really the precursor of that was the last three matches of last season where they lost those three in a row, and it just continued on. By the way, Liverpool won the league last year by 18 points over Manchester City with a total of 99 points. The difference between Liverpool and Man City this year is 18 points. <laughs> so, however, Man United are in there at 14, at, uh, at uh, what, 70, 80, 12 points difference. So an incredibly interesting season. Uh, for me, when I look at the table this season, you know, Arsenal are a big question mark for me. However, however, the way they have they turned it around at the end of the season, I think should give um, Gunners a uh, less of a feeling of impending doom. They won their last five games in a row. They beat Brighton, they beat Palace, they beat Chelsea, they beat West Brom, and they beat Newcastle. In fact, other than a loss to Everton, they drew uh, Fulham, and they beat Sheffield. So they did really well the last eight games, uh, seven games of the season is really what pulled it out for Arsenal. And I think that has saved Arteta's job when maybe it shouldn't be saved. But as I mentioned earlier, of that top 10, I suppose the surprise is Leeds United taking over really where I think Wolverhampton Wanderers should be. I, I, I don't know really what what's happened at Wolves. I know they had a serious uh, spate of injuries earlier on in the season uh, around match day 14 through, say, match day uh, 22. That was a disastrous run for them. Between Dece 21st of December and 30th of January, but, uh, they didn't win a single game. They then went on a little streak, and then again, same thing. They had, what, three wins in their last 11 games? Just not good enough for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Didn't score nearly enough goals. They only scored 36 goals. 
in point of fact, you have to go down to Burnley in 17th spot, just one above relegation, to find a team that scored fewer goals than Wolves. Think about that. I mean, Man United scored twice as many goals as Wolves. And that's not helpful. Look, we talked about Leeds United. Now, those of you that don't know, um, uh, Bielsa, the manager of Leeds, was actually at Lille before he left. He was The guy that took over was a bloke named uh, Christophe Gaultier, who took over at Lille, which were kind of a... Uh, they were really struggling in 2017 when he took over. They were in relegation trouble. They won Ligue 1 this week. Lille are the champions, the mega monstrous King Kong PSG came in second. Think about that for a minute. What a disappointment this is. PSG, with all their money, with all the Pochettino as the manager and all the money and all the big-name players, Mbappe and Neymar and you name it, and being linked with everybody and their brother, they didn't win the Champions League. In fact, they didn't really look like they were going to win the Champions League once the knockout stages start. And they didn't win Ligue 1. I think PSG are headed for major issues. I cannot see ownership continuing to invest in this club, in this league, that now they can't even win. That's a minnow league in the terms of European leagues. A team with massive investment that's been built to win the Champions League. You know, came runner-up, didn't make it out of the semis, and then doesn't win the league. I think this team is going to get dumped and PSG will fall back to relative ignanimity and obscurity. That's my... I don't want that to happen, by the way. I like PSG, actually. But I believe that is potentially what the future brings. It, the manager, Gaultier, has been linked with Nice and Lyon. But, and I say but... I am just wondering if perhaps one or two of these vacant managerial positions in the Premier League might not be tempting, and a team like Wolves, or maybe even Spurs, although Pochettino is being discussed as a possible return to Spurs. But I'm wondering if Gaultier wouldn't be a really good fit for someone like a Wolverhampton Wanderers. Move up a league, go from Ligue 1, go to the Premier League, see how you do against the really, really big boys. Okay, we're running a little short of time. Atletico Madrid win in Spain. And along those lines, congratulations to Villarreal on their Europa League win. Look, the United supporters, I hate you. I hate your club. But I'm going to be desperately honest. Put up a great match. I thought the penalty taking was superb. And I think your manager has you going in the right direction. And I know you hate your ownership, but don't. You made the finals of the Europa League. You came second in the Premier League at a time when we were talking about the meltdown at United. You're making a huge, huge mistake. Nonsense crap that you pulled like that stupid riot at Old Trafford trying to protest the Glazers helps nobody and makes you guys look like a right bunch of twats. You need to support your team 
and not worry about who the damn owner is. If you think Man United is going to go bankrupt ever, you're out of your mind. That team is so big and has such a big global brand, its value far surpasses that and which it owes. So stop your moaning, stop your whining, get behind your team, and look forward to a better season because I'm telling you, you are going to have to contend with a re, uh, revitalized Liverpool Football Club next year who is going to be out to keep you off your perch. And a Manchester City who is always out to keep you off your perch. Having said that, I still wonder if Man City isn't ready for that cyclical slowdown that we thought they might be having earlier on in the season. But wow, what a performance from them this season. But to get back to Man United, I thought you played Villarreal terrifically, although they were seventh in La Liga. Okay, well, all right. But you know, these cup tournaments are, are, are cup tournaments. So you, you, you can't really judge them on that basis. And I thought, when I, when I watched the quality of penalties being taken by Man United and Villarreal, you know, one of the things that struck me is that that is good coaching, good management that is what happens when you have a quality player manager. And I believe firmly Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is a quality player manager and the absolute future of Manchester United. He has grown. He has developed. He, whereas I think at the beginning of the season, he was making some serious tactical errors. Those are a thing of the past. The signings, Bruno Fernandes, Edison Cavani, have been fabulous for the club. The young players have developed under their wings. Look, I, I don't want to talk about Man United in such glowing terms because, as I said, I hate Man United. But I have to be honest with you because that's what you expect of me. I will tell you honestly about my emotions, but I'm going to tell you honestly, I think this club, if you can get behind your club and stop moaning and bellyaching about your owner, and you're going to do nothing about There's nothing you're going to do about that. And I heard some lunacy earlier that they want to create a sponsor boycott until the Glazers gone. Oh, yeah, that's really, really clever. Aren't you a bunch of dumb asses? <laughs> wow. Good season from United. Surpassed expectations. Things look good going forward for them. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a trophy next year for you, no matter what. I don't know. Maybe FA Cup, maybe League Cup. Who knows? I don't think the Champions League. Maybe you make another deep run in the Europa League if you drop out and go forward in the Europa League. Or if they're even doing that this year. You know, I've got to look at this ridiculous conference league and see how that shakes out. So, overall, a surprising season. Not City winning, but just the way it ended. Liverpool in third, Chelsea in fourth, Leicester City dropping out of the Champions League spot in France. Lille winning, leaving PSG scratching their head about their money. And in Spain, Atletico winning. Barcelona, seven points behind Atletico Madrid. Look. Those teams, Real Madrid, Barcelona, we talk about re, uh, they're in rebuilding mode. They are certainly in rebuilding mode. All right, this is World Soccer Radio. I'm Nick Eber. I'm with you Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern time. Then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast for all you early birds who would be listening on Sports Overnight America at that time. You can find the podcast at the Believe Podcast Network. Find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash 
uh, World Soccer Radio. And don't forget this weekend, Champions League final, Manchester City, Chelsea. And I'm going to ask you this. What do you think could happen if Chelsea wins? All right, be right back after this. Welcome back, World Soccer Radio, Nikki. But just a couple of minutes left. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed the Europa League final today. It was uh, it was a decent match. Thought one one was the fair scoreline. I thought these teams were really evenly matched. Uh, Unai Emery getting his uh, final last last laugh in on the English teams. You may remember, of course, he was sacked from Arsenal. Uh, and, and I wonder this. You know, Aguna's looking at Unai Emery and what he's done. At Villarreal in, in, in winning this trophy, which Arsenal supporters would desperately love to win. Thinking, you know, maybe management was just too fast to pull the trigger. And, and I think if you look, we've talked about this before, but if you look at Arsenal, you look at, at um, Manchester United, you look maybe at Everton, and you can see how difficult it is for clubs to get their footing back when a manager who has been so instrumental to the club leaves. Which is why you don't want to make rash decisions. Again, Man United supporters, where do you think you'd be right now if David Moyes had stayed at the club? And I'm not suggesting Ole Gunnar Solskjaer isn't doing a great job, but I'm asking a different question. Well, think about it, because we're going to be talking about it a lot more as we get in the run-up to the Euros obviously will be going through team by team, looking at all the squads, getting excited. Some huge matchups, by the way, in the Euros. And that one group is truly a group of death under any definition. So stick with me. They start on June 11th. By the way, June 12th, I'll be hosting the Ed Asner uh, Family Center poker, Celebrity Poker Tournament. Go to pokerwithed.com and check it out. We have been brought to you by uh, betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts they are our sponsor i certainly encourage you to check them out and if you're going to bet on sports do it responsibly make it more of your entertainment and maybe less of your lifestyle but certainly check them out and uh, you want to place a wager or two on the champions league final tomorrow I will give you uh, my picks tomorrow and Friday. We'll be looking at the Champions League final in detail. Till then, have a great night. Stay safe. And we'll speak to you tomorrow on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM and the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.